0: Hello and welcome into the PHNX Rising podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Owen Evans, once again coming to you from the USL mid Meetings in Louisville, Kentucky. Ahead of the Summer Showcase Clash in Loose City, I got the chance to sit down with Phoenix Rising's newly unveiled governor, Bill Kraus, as he got ready to represent the club at his first Board of Governors meeting. Well, Bill, thank you for taking the time to join me here Let's kick off. Of course, you were unveiled as the, the new governor of Phoenix Rising last week. You've been around here for a while, but not a lot of people necessarily know too much about you. So let's start by kind of filling in some of those gaps. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit of your life outside of football?
1: Sure. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey. I was fortunate enough that my parents had season tickets to the Cosmos. That was my first entree to soccer. we season tickets in the front row right along the tunnel where the players came in and out. Uh, never forget, uh, my mom loved Shep Messing, and he stopped and signed a ball for her at one point. We still have that around the house. Uh, soccer really started in my community when I was, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. So I'd never known the sport or touched a ball till then, but uh, obviously it's exploded, and uh, I picked it up and started playing and been a you know a fan of the sport ever since and a participant so what's your favorite memory then of those Cosmos days oh uh, well uh, I mean Pele's last match where they had 77,000 people There was incredible they won a few NASL cups uh, there's, some, there's something on Facebook or something now where they show old NASL photos or memories and stuff I saw a picture the other day the lineup was incredible there's like Giorgio Kinalia, Carlos Alberto Franz Beckenbauer we all like this guy Bogicevich. Um, I mean, it was just incredible. There's so many great players that came through there. It was a good, uh, good environment to grow up in. Followed by, in 1994, the World Cup was hosted in the U.S., as everybody knows, and there were at least six matches at Giant Stadium, and I attended all of them. Uh, I was still living in the Northeast, and the maybe the opening match of the whole tournament, at least the opening match there, was Italy and Ireland. And if uh, you knew that community i grew up in new jersey it's a heavily uh italian american community probably 50 percent of my high school was uh italian and most of the guys i grew up with playing were italian so i anticipated this massive following for italy that day nuts st- i mean the Irish showed up big they showed up big i'll never forget that 1994
0: we know the irish do love to party in a world they Cup, do so, they do uh, yeah. <laughs> so what is it that brought you then to, to phoenix
1: really work uh you know it, i was Uh, a career finance professional worked at GE Capital for a long time uh, starting in 1991 like right out of grad school. uh, GE Capital had a very uh, acquisition minded business model. They bought a business in Scottsdale. They're migrating some people uh, you know with the GE DNA out to Scottsdale and my wife and I thought uh, it'd be a good adventure. Um, Our kids were young enough that we could Uproot. And so in 2005, we moved to Scottsdale and was part of GE Capital's uh, franchise finance business, they called it. That's how I got there. And how did you first get involved in Rising? Yeah, it was really uh, 2016. Uh, I was introduced to Brett Johnson. This is the Arizona United days. Um, I think the team was playing in Peoria that year. And uh, yeah, so I was part of that Big group that sort of came together sometime in the probably the back half of the twenty sixteen season uh, and acquired a controlling interest in the club. That was my entree.
0: So then, when you kind of look back at that time, did you really envisage it growing as as quickly as it did?
1: Um, I never really started a business before. Uh, uh, I've you know seen a lot of businesses grow. You know, some tech businesses explode and. Some consumer businesses get really hot quickly. So I didn't really have a game plan. But uh, and when we were first getting involved, we were trying to figure out where we're going to play next season. And, you know, talking in all sorts of communities, but nobody really knew who we were. Like we weren't getting a lot of answers uh, to our phone calls. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you look back on it now, it's been a terrific success. You know, we've created a brand. We have fans. We have a community. Um, you know we've had a good product on the field it's been I mean it's all it's had its challenges but it's been fun and I think we would all look on the progress so far and say yeah we're we're on track
0: yeah, it's definitely quite a difference from those early Peoria days isn't
1: absolutely it? <laughs> different
0: <laughs> but you know you've, you've been around the club obviously for a while as sure. you said going back to there but I, I don't want to say I guess you were sitting in the back benches per se because I know a lot of you guys are quite active in yeah. the running of the club but up until now of course you know you were just another of the owners that's there. correct now yeah. you've stepped up as, as governor what is it that kind of
1: brought around
0: the change that saw sort of Berkey step down
1: yeah for? sure um yeah, we've been talking about it for a bit uh Berkey did a great job he's always going to be the original you know founding governor of the club uh I mean he led some bold initiatives that you can't even dream about when you're getting involved in this thing like You know, how did Didier Drogba wear our shirt for two seasons? I mean, that's 100% Berke. Uh, You know, so great, you know, vision and and really created this whole thing. But he and his family moved to California a couple years ago. You know, there's some some things that require somebody with the governor title to uh, be local uh, and meet with whatever it is, business aspects of the club. You know, sponsors local officials whatever it is and so we talked about a transition and I guess I'm, I'm honored that my partners uh you know thought highly enough of what I had been doing for the club that they would you know put me in this role.
0: Obviously been doing the media circuit a little bit
1: lately. Yeah so. I'm gonna I'm gonna get them all back for this <laughs> uh this yeah this is this is different.
0: <laughs> so how are you I guess adjusting to that you know you're a lot more in the spotlight now in a pretty prominent role in the club.
1: Yeah um it's new for me, honestly. I've never been a public figure. I've uh, never really done interviews that I can think of. That uh, wasn't the first thing I thought of, uh, you know, when taking this role. Um, but it, I know it's uh, its part of the deal. Uh, each club has a governor and needs to be public-facing. Um, you know, that'll come with the good and the bad. Uh, hopefully more good than bad. But, uh yeah um, I'll, I'll do the best I can with it I'm ready for it and of course you've come
0: in at a time where we'll get into that later but yeah. there are questions around the direction the club's going of course that. how are you I guess finding being tagged in a lot more things now on social media where a lot of people have a lot of opinions
1: yeah of course look I love the passion of the fans I love that we have fans that care um you know personally do I want to be tagged in things uh no and does my family want me to be tagged in things? No, this is sort of my thing. So um, i like to leave, you know, leave my personal life separate. But uh, yeah, look, uh, it comes with the territory. We're a consumer facing business. Uh, we're trying to provide an entertaining product. We want people to make it a choice on Saturday night to come uh, watch us play. And yeah, it's, like I said, it's part of the deal. Not my favorite part of the deal, but it's part of the deal.
0: So besides then the spotlight and obviously taking part in league meetings, what else does taking this position kind of change about what you do
1: here at the club? Yeah, I mean, you the, the, the key part is the league meetings. I'm going to go to my first board of governors meeting uh, ever in uh, an hour or two. Um, uh, and I will be, you know, sort of the first point of contact for Bobby. Uh, you know, he runs the club day to day. You know, his first point of contact over the last couple of years has been Bear K. Uh But we're... We have a lot of... We had a lot of the, the dialogue. Like, we literally talked to Bobby as a group every Friday morning. Um, so, uh, you know, there's often... There's very few instances where something comes up super quickly that we haven't been able to have a group discussion about. So, I'm not out there making policy or making changes without you know a lot of dialogue. You know, if something happens between Friday morning and the following Friday morning, I get the first call, and if I think it's important enough to raise to the group, we can convene quickly. We can communicate by text or email. Um, it's it's sort of a unique setup. I've never really been part of a business where uh, that's operated quite like this. Um, I've been on a number of corporate boards before, you know, representing I mentioned I work for G Capital. Uh, I sat on a number of corporate boards, but boards typically meet uh, every 4 months or every 3 months or every 2 months, not every Friday. You know, so there's been a big commitment here, and part of it I think is just cuz we all love the club. Like we're passionate about it. We want to be close to it. We want to know what's going on with the team. Like when you're growing up as a sports fan as a kid, you know, if anybody said oh, you can be part of an ownership group and really oh, I see what's going on in the inside of a pro sports club, we'd all be like, oh, heck yeah, I want to do that, you know? So um, it's not the most efficient necessarily, but we all get along well and like what we're doing. And so we put in that kind of time.
0: And does that, you know, meeting that regularly help you in terms of cohesiveness with trying to work out the club's direction and make those big decisions? I think so.
1: Look, we're not... We don't always agree. It's not always unanimous. We've had moments over time where, um, you know, there's been differences of opinion. But that's the benefit of a board, Um, you know, different perspectives, different backgrounds, different areas of expertise, and we try and draw on all of it.
0: We'll take a quick break from the interview there to talk about our friends at OGs. For those of you enjoying or more realistically enduring the summer back in Arizona, OGs just launched their first ever limited edition seasonal flavor, Pina Colada, a perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend. Check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com, that's O-G-E-E-Z, brands.com, and you can find them on Instagram at OGsbrands. You'll find their products at your local dispensary, but remember, you do have to be 21 or older to purchase. Okay, so back to business then. Uh, you're here at the media meetings, first one that you've done representing Phoenix Rising. How's your experience been so far?
1: Um, good, I've been uh, able to meet some of the other you know, team officials, some of the league officials, they threw a very nice sort of social event last night i'd never been to churchill downs before and uh got to go over there and uh you know socialize with some of the other uh like i said you know league and team officials but uh i guess business starts this afternoon uh it'll be my first board of governors meeting uh, in an hour or two and uh i look forward to learning more Are you expecting any big decisions i guess for the league's future <sighs> i don't know um i will know more afterwards uh uh, but, yeah, I don't know is the answer. I don't know.
0: So you said uh, in another interview, obviously, that you know, you're know you probably going to be a bit quieter at them this time, try and take it all in, yeah. try and get to know the systems more. Do you see then that the next time you come to meetings, you're going to try and be a bit more vocal, try and... Because Phoenix Rising are obviously one of the bigger clubs in this league. Sure. Do you think that Rising has to kind of take a leading role in...
1: Look, we're an important club in this league. Um, Until I saw the Louisville uh, City facilities this week out, you know, uh, I thought we had, and and players tell us, we've got amongst the best facilities in the league, right? Uh, Louisville's taking it to next level, and now we have something to shoot for. Uh, But, yeah, we're an important club in the league, and we've got a voice, and we'll we'll use it, uh, you know, when needed for sure.
0: And then looking at some of the bigger picture things that are going on with the league right now, obviously the USL Super League is launching next year. Uh, Is kind of branching out to the women's side something that as a club Rising is looking to
1: do? We've certainly talked about it. Um, It's on the table. Uh, I wouldn't say it's an immediate priority. Um, You know, there's challenges with the business model as it is. And, you know, I've been involved with a bunch of businesses and uh, I'm, uh, I guess my experience tells me it's better to, uh, master two or three things than, you know, try and do 10 things, you know, just like, am I allowed to say half ass and half ass, uh, um, and so, yeah, we really need to fi you know, we need to dial in our, the current business model, um, you know, figure out how to, uh, you know, at least get to cash flow break even before, at least my vote would be before we go, you know, dive into something else.
0: Then looking at with the league elsewise of that yeah. promotion relegation keeps coming up. Yeah. It feels as though it comes up every year or every six months whenever these meetings happen. Yeah. It's never really more than just a soundbite where you yeah. hear the, the words come out but nothing more. Is that something that you think the league should be striving towards?
1: I'm I'm fascinated to learn more. Um, I, I mean, I love... The drama and uh, and how it plays out with, you know, pro-rel in Europe, um, maybe even around the rest of the world. I, I, I don't know every league how they do it, but uh, uh, it's certainly fascinating for fans. puts creates a lot of different dynamics. Uh, nobody's tanking at the end of the year like you have in some pro sports teams so they can get the high draft pick the next year because it's a huge economic hit to be relegated, right? Um, I think the USL... Uh, could pull it off um, but there's uh, there's a lot a lot of things to be worked out that I just haven't been in the weeds on yet but I think it would be super interesting
0: and then looking outside of USL yes there's a, a new third tier league of course that yes this season MLS Next Pro we know that they've been going after a few markets that USL was also kind of eyeing up for mm-hmm. League One spots What kind of pressure do you think that puts on, on USL for the coming
1: years? Yeah. Um, good news is it's a big country. There's a lot of territory out there. Um, we're not a, you know, a tiny nation with, you know, six or eight pro teams all in one city. Uh, but I mean, it would, I'd be, I'd be remiss to not, you know, or to dismiss that it's a competitive factor, right? Like there's two leagues out there and they both want to be great. Um, so, yeah, it's a competitive threat for sure. Uh, absolutely.
0: And then with the upcoming TV deal that USL is going to have to work out a uh, very near future, do you feel that some of the TV games that have happened this year on ESPN and the viewer figures that they've drawn are really going to
1: create a springboard for the league to do something better? Uh, I hope so. Like, we're all in this together. It's the first business I've been been involved in where you kind of want your competitors to do well, right? You know, uh, if you're, a, you know, Wendy's and Burger King next door to each other, you know, you want everybody to come to your restaurant here, but we want everybody in this league to do well. It's kind of a rising tide, uh, kind of thing. So, uh, but look, there's, there's issues out there. I, I, I told one of the USL folks last night that one of my frustrations is, and we watch a match on TV when our team's on the road and the pitch surface looks God awful. Um, that's not good for our league or our sport or our sponsors or anything. It's, you know, we've, we've invested to create a quality product. Our pitch is uh, as nice as it comes. I think players love playing on it. Um, And I would love to see, you know, all the other clubs in the league make that sort of a commitment to have a soccer specific, you know, quality pitch to play on. That's looks good in person and looks good on TV. That's better for all of us.
0: At least we've got that here in Louisville, right? We've got that tonight. we got
1: a good one. Yeah, look, can't wait to get over there and see it.
0: We're going to take another quick break here to talk to you about our partners at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. For those of you who haven't taken a look, you can bet on all of the USL Championship action via the DraftKings Sportsbook. Last night, Phoenix Rising played to a 0-0 draw. If you had predicted that the game would end level, you could have gotten odds of up to plus 425. So keep an eye out for the odds to drop for Saturday's game against Sacramento Republic. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PHNX, make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details okay then well the last topic we're going to look at as a whole let's look at where the club is right now and and where they're going as well into the future so obviously we can't really ignore the fact that this season the on-field performances haven't been as good as everybody would have liked yeah um you did say in a a previous interview with arizona Arizona sports that you know you were standing by rick can you kind of talk through the the reasoning for that
1: um look rick's been our coach uh, for a number of years. I think I don't have all the data in front of me, but he's amongst the winningest coaches in the league. Um, I think over a four or five year period, maybe not, you know, leading up into this last little stretch. I think we had the most wins in the league, or if, if not, we were second behind Louisville. Um, we've done a lot, and um, yeah. So this is our first skid, or you know, tough patch, and. Uh, we're expecting rick to work through it and turn the turn the turn the ship around
0: do you understand i guess at least that the fans frustration
1: we do this? yeah i'm equally frustrated uh, i like to win uh i'm very competitive so are my other fellow board members uh none of us like to lose um so yeah we are uh, we are anxious to get back to uh Winning three points at home on Saturday nights—that's a lot more fun than not.
0: And of course, you also previously mentioned about you might well be looking at investing some resources to to help him out this season. At the same time, of course, we've seen a few players be released over the yeah. past few weeks. Do you feel like more players are going to have to to leave to bring more in?
1: Not necessarily. Um, look, I don't. I don't manage. I'm more of a business guy and not necessarily, you know, running the sporting side, Uh, but I'm part of the conversation. I I generally know what's going on, but uh, yeah, we've, um, we're committed to winning. The season's not lost. Um, You know, if we were in Europe, we'd have no shot at winning a a championship right now. But with our playoff system, you never know. You can get in. Uh, You get in, you get lucky, you get hot. Uh, Anything can happen. So... Yeah, we're going to always be looking to make the team better. We've done it in the past. Um, yeah, it's it's not over.
0: So you mentioned then you're more on the business side, yeah. not necessarily the sporting side. Who are the guys then who, who take the lead on the sporting side of the club?
1: Well, I mean, uh, Bobby runs the club. It's his job. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, we've got a broad group of board members. We all have different sets of experiences, you know, one of my partners runs a marketing and PR firm and one has real estate expertise and Brandon McCarthy used to play, you know, pro baseball. Um, so you can probably draw, uh, draw some lines and figure out, you know, where we draw on certain people's expertise uh, versus others. So how involved is, is Didier then? He hasn't been that involved, um, since he left. We, we do communicate with him. We've had some key moments over time where we've brought him in and he's, uh, spent the time to to join us on a call and give us his perspective, um, which is valuable. Um, You know, he's seen and done a lot more than any of us would hope to do in this sport uh, or ever will do in this sport. So, yeah, there's been, you know, maybe a couple key moments a year where he's been available to us.
0: Okay, so looking at the ownership group as a whole, though, there's a lot of you in there. Is there any interest in, in maybe bringing other people in, as well? Or, or are you guys pretty set at where you are?
1: No, we're open to um, adding other directors at time or other investors at time. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a closed group. One
0: thing that from conversation with Greg Lalas, of course, the chief marketing officer here at USL, uh, was speaking about yesterday to me was that community is something that he feels is really important in terms of Clubs growing and, and marketing themselves. Sure. What kind of a role do you see Phoenix Rising having in its community?
1: I think we've always tried to be a you know a, a, a contributor to the community, um, you know, in areas that make sense for our club, like youth soccer, like is a big one. Uh, you know, we now have a large youth organization that you know wears our badge on Saturdays, and we run you know, charity events that, you know, fans and supporters and players uh, and coaches have attended in the past. And, you know, we create scholarship opportunities for, you know, kids to play soccer that otherwise wouldn't uh, be able to afford to play. So, um, you know, that feels like, you know, a good home for us.
0: And do you see that kind of expanding as the years go on now? I
1: mean, I hope so. I, You know, we all want this club to be here in 100 years. And uh, you know, look back, you know, yes. I mean, we, we want to continue to do more and more of that, you know, be an active part of our community. It's important.
0: Well, one thing that happened recently, I'm sure you might have been vaguely expecting this one, but obviously a lot of fuss was made over the club not really taking a stance about the overturning of the versus Wade. As an ownership group now looking back on the way that that all played out and the way that it, it kind of is. I guess, put a wedge in between some of the fans and the general manager, Bobby, as as you mentioned. Is there any regret for how that played
1: out? I don't think regret's the right right word. Look, we clearly talked about it. Um, This was one of the few instances where we didn't have consensus, and so we decided not to speak, but we encouraged any of the owners that felt like they wanted to speak on it to go ahead and do so, and and some did. Um, And... Yeah, that that was the approach.
0: And I guess it's got to be a, you know, it's not only rare in business, but especially rare in sport here for you to have such a, a vocal group in terms of supporters groups. Are often here really quite vocal on human rights and yes. topics
1: like that. It's certainly interesting. Um, I mean, I have personal views on topics, but honestly, I'm a like I'm a humble guy I'm just a regular guy that lives in the city of or the state of Arizona and I'm I'm almost reluctant to go out there and say something like why does anybody care what I think uh I think it's kind of presumptuous by me I'm not a public figure it would be presumptuous for me to go out there and you know tell people what I think I just it's it's not who I am uh so I don't expect to do that if anybody privately wants to talk to me about something I'm open And then
0: perhaps the one other topic you'd probably expect a lot of speculation over where Phoenix Rising is going to play next year. Can you tell us a bit? There's obviously been problems at times with the relationship between Rising and and Wild Horse Pass. Do you feel like you've gotten over those?
1: Um, It's a current topic. Uh, It hasn't been perfect. I think I've already said, do I expect us to be back there next year? Yes. Um, Can I guarantee it? No. Uh, It's been a little challenging, but it's gotten better. And, you know, we're in active dialogue there. Uh, It would certainly be most efficient for us to stay put. Our whole club is there. Uh, We spent money to move there. Uh, We like our facilities there. They're quality enough that January training camp for the U.S. men's national team was there, and Sporting Kansas City came through there and used our facility again. Um, So we'd like to be there, but uh, we'll see. Of course, I know
0: you and and Brandon McCarthy have have been on Facebook and kind of commented that, look, there have been times when the deal has just been pretty much changed by the other side. Knowing that, How do you really, I guess, expect that you can get a deal in place that you can feel confident in going forward?
1: Yeah, I did go out there and say something about that, didn't I? Um, Look, uh, you know, we have a deal for this year and both parties have done their best to live up to it. And, uh, you know, I trust that they'll want to do that again next year, but we're still working on it. All right. Well,
0: I will leave you with one last question. It's. It's comparatively uh, simple, at least. Okay. Five years' time, where do you see Phoenix Rising being?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, In five years' time, I'm hopeful that uh, we've won at least one championship, maybe a couple. Um, We've developed some great young players uh, that have come through our youth program and onto our first team, and maybe we've sold them on to... Uh, some other club. I'm really hopeful we can get 10,000 people in the stands. But um, I think our trajectory is up and growing, and uh, I'm confident. Uh, in five years' time, we'll look back and and be proud of what we've done. Okay. Well, Bill, thank you for your time today. Thank you.
0: So that was Phoenix Rising Governor Bill Krause speaking to me ahead of last night's USL Summer Showcase match between Phoenix Rising and Louisville City. Before we go, let's take a second to talk about our partners at Four Peaks. Make sure to head to the 8th Street Brewery next Wednesday to catch all of your favourite PHNX shows throughout the day. There's also going to be drink specials, so don't miss out. Remember, you do have to be 21 or over to enjoy Four Peaks beers, and you should always enjoy responsibly. That's about all the time we've got here. Make sure to tune back in on Friday night at 6pm as Ramona and I preview the upcoming Phoenix Rising against Sacramento Republic match. I'll see you then. Goodbye.